Welcome to Practically Healthy by Dr. Molina, where I interview some of the greatest experts and authors and amazing people and try to take some of their wisdom and translate it into what you should do, can do, and will do in a practical way. I am beyond thrilled with my guest today. Um, I've had the wonderful pleasure of knowing her, I think, for about 15 years. Um, Mireille Giuliano is the, you probably know her as the author of French Women Don't Get Fat, which uh, obviously was an amazing book. Um, and she is a very, very dear friend of mine and, and truly inspiring to me on so many levels. And I, I'm really so thrilled to have her here. So Mireille, welcome to Practically Healthy. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, Melina. And we'll, we'll try not to, I'll try not, every time I, ha I speak with you, my instinct is to start speaking French. So French. We'll, <laughs> we'll try to keep it, uh, I, you know, because you can't do subtitles on a podcast. We'll try to right. keep it all in English for you today. Okay. But promise. Um, I promise. Okay. It's, our, our instinct, we start, you know, you throw in French words. It's and normal. Then, yeah, it's normal. Um, but anyways, so tell us, you know, everybody knows you as the author of French Women Don't Get Fat. But tell us a little bit, what was Mireille's life before this breakout best-selling book? Tell us a little bit about what you did before. Well, I, I had a full-time job. I was uh, in a huge group, you know, in a, in a multinational corporation and working for uh, the U.S. subsidiary, a champagne company. And um, since I was living here with my American husband, I, I got the job of running the company and building it and building the brand. So we had a small team to start, like three ladies. And uh, when I retired, uh, we were about 120 people all across the U.S., you know, salespeople, marketing people. Are we allowed so to say fun. the name of the company? <laughs> It was called Clico Inc. for Champagne Veuve Clico. Veuve Clico, which many people, yes. the uh, orange label is so iconic. So were you a part of, of really that growth? Because in the United States, I mean, exactly. 15 years yeah. ago, it wasn't. Yeah, we uh, built it uh, starting in 1985. Although it had been around for over 200 years because we found um, the initial importer in Philadelphia. It was amazing in the archives in France. So, but it was, you know, tiny. Yeah. And I just, I don't want to, you know, obviously this is a more about health show, but I think it's so, one of the things that's so interesting and, and to me inspiring about you is that you lead with, uh, and, and this is maybe ties into all of the cultural aspects of, of being French, which we'll talk about, but you lead with a with a quiet strength and uh, savoir-faire. Maybe we, should, we could yeah. explain what, <laughs> but you know, I think it's so fascinating to me how, um, how you were able to build this brand into what became so iconic in the United States, but you really did it a la Francaise. Can you, can you talk a little bit about, about your kind of- Well, first, first you need, uh, you know, a great brand, which of course I knew since childhood because my parents' choice was always Verflico. So obviously I had some connection with it. Also, it was, you know, one of the few firms that was run by a woman in those days that was quite extraordinary. 
And she was uh, an amazing, well, considered the first French businesswoman. So that established something. But also, as you said, it's cultural. And uh, I was always taught, you know, go the software. There's no point to go and try to do everything and be everything and, and scream at people and, you know, not be pleased with people because they don't do it your way. You know, your way is something like I know I'm very demanding with myself, but I, I am only demanding with my staff. I can't expect them to be as demanding as I am, you know, and that's something that I think women are pretty good at, you know, feeling that there is work and then there's a life and you have to kind of find some sort of balance to to remain effective and to remain sane and to remain, uh, you know, having a life, which is what matters. Yeah, no, and I think that's so important. I think, unfortunately, you know, I've come across a lot of women in business who, you know, are just kind of, you know, heavy hitters and they, their work is their life. And I think that's that's a tragedy. And it, and it leads so much into because, you know, your book, which, you know, I want to talk about the history, but it, it's it's really lifestyle. The French lifestyle is, yeah, is yeah, what yeah. you advocate. So how did the book come about? Because everybody we, you know, for the few that haven't heard of it, for the five people that have not heard of it that are listening, um, how, how did this come about? What made you write a book? You are a, you basically, know. <laughs> basically, it's uh, been there, done that. You know, when I was eighteen, I was selected by my high school to represent America. We had a high school exchange, and I came to live there and got fat because I ate the American way and uh, loved it, of course, to have ice cream any time of the day or any time of the year and have a lot of sweets, which, you know, obviously we tend to crave for. And the result was pretty bad, pretty pathetic. And uh, the French being the French, they don't go around the bush. And so when my father came to pick me up off the boat, you know, he was not exactly compl complimentary. And, um, but that helps actually looking back, you know, it obliged me to, to look at reality. And the book is really about that. The, so many women who have succeeded, uh, and that's what's pleasing, most pleasing for me is that they see that it's not a diet because diet is a horrible world. It's very negative. It's very traumatic. And it doesn't solve anything, you know. And so the, the mentality of the French, at least at that time, things are changing, uh, unfortunately, with globalization. But at that time, it was everything in moderation. Uh, but that requires a little homework from each of us. And that's why the book was not... Um, was called a lifestyle book because your lifestyle might not be mine, but you can still be uh, not fat and have, a, you know, eat the things you, you like whenever you like, maybe not, but you have to uh, know yourself, which demands a little work. And obviously, you know, when you are more mature, it's a bit easier and you can't fool anybody. But once you analyze what you like to eat, uh, what your cravings are, and why you have them, and when you have them, you can organize your little lifestyle and go at it. And that's the key word in France, 
moderation, little by little, you know, petit à petit. Not like, you know, from tomorrow on, you can't eat that, you can't do that. You know, that's the American extreme system, which would never work in France. But if you do it slowly and you don't expect to lose, you know, 25 pounds in three days, uh, it's a new lifestyle. And up to this day, I, I still get letters almost every day from all over the world saying, oh, you know, thank you. I, I, I read your book t- uh, 15 years ago. And since then, I've had no problem. You pick your indulgence, you know, like I love sweets and I'm not going to live without sweets, but I don't eat them every day. And when I eat them, I eat a little piece or I try to, except one in there, you know, Thanksgiving. Okay. You might have a little too much of pecan pie or pumpkin pie, or, but basically it's looking for moderation. And, and in that we have a, a key word or a key number in France, which I love. And my mother taught me that and my grandmother, and, you know, it's the number three, you know, because life is too complicated. But if you narrow it down to three things, you know, like to me, it's, it would be moderation, simplicity, Like when you do a recipe, don't try a recipe with 25 ingredients because you're not going to do it. You don't need to. If you find, you know, a good product, you don't need to add much. But some spices, some herbs, you know, and that's it. And then, of course, quality. Uh, If you buy quality food, it pays off because you know all the poisons we eat from supermarket or processed foods. It's not worth it. So, yes, once in a while you can have a slice of pizza, but don't eat pizza every day like, like so many people do. It's just not comprehensible for a French person to, to see that. Yeah, no, I think it's so, it's so interesting. And, and I love your comment that, you know, it, it, it is different. I think, I mean, the, the French lifestyle and and savoir-faire and approach is just different so I mean one of my favorite (laughs) one of my favorite memories is I stayed with you once when I was in New York (laughs) and for for breakfast it was like it was a tiny little toast point Mm -hmm. and a little cup of coffee and I kept looking at my watch I'm like oh my god I have to leave soon so I can get a real big cup of coffee, you know, American, and I was, you know, starving. But, you know, I think, so a, a, a lot of what you say, I think one of the things that stuck with me the most, although I have not implemented it as much as I would like, but I mm-hmm. remember, you know, your focus on quality. And I think yeah. why that's important is because instead of food being the enemy and something like it should be something that's enjoyed and and quality i remember you made a comment about american cheese i mean to throw one it's disgusting you know um but and i think you know one of the things that your book did was go back to quality food, to homemade, Mm -hmm. even the fact that, you know, you make your own yogurt, which I will never do in a million years, but I love that idea. And that did stick with me. So when I buy cheese, I I do try to buy the best that I can. And then, you know, when you have a little piece of Gruyere, I think it's much easier to do things in moderation when it's not ultra processed food that is designed to make us overconsume. That is 
is how the food mm-hmm. companies make money is they design these foods with multi-sensory, you know, artificial yeah. to make them hyper palatable, but really high quality, you know, is great. So let I think that's one of the things that sticks with me because I do mm-hmm. think, you know, what's interesting, Mihai, is that the research actually shows, and this is probably research done on Americans, is that the idea of everything in moderation doesn't work for a lot of people Mm -hmm. because yeah, they cannot do it. So for some people it's better just to avoid it. But I think if, if you're investing in, in high quality, flavorful foods, like Mm -hmm. even when we had lunch and you showed me the sardine can a couple weeks ago, you know, that I just, I love that concept. And I think if we could, if People could learn anything from the the French. I mean, I'm never going to be you. I wish I was with fashion and savoir-faire and even how you approach business and food. I'm never going to be like that. But I can learn some important points. So mm-hmm. let, let's go into you have... And this is, you know, I've written two books on spices, which uh, I love. So you have a chapter on seasons and seasoning. And I don't know if you know, but I also wrote a book on seasonal eating called Mm -hmm. The Calendar Diet. Talk a little bit about that aspect of it, because this is all part of the lifestyle that is going to make you healthier, enjoy food and, and happier. Well, you know, like uh, it was funny because I was at the market uh, in New York, where I am right now last week and I overheard a woman saying that she was going to make ratatouille and I thought well you know a French person would not make ratatouille in December why well maybe you can find decent eggplant and zucchini but definitely not tomatoes you know the tomatoes that are that you can find either in a market are totally rubber and and tasteless And it's not the season or people who buy, you know, those very expensive, beautiful looking strawberries, but they are cardboard. I mean, I, I, I could not, I wouldn't eat them. You know, I made the mistake at the very beginning to buy them. And I thought, wow, how can someone that has nothing to do with strawberries? So seasons are very, very important to respect. And fortunately, now that, you know, France and Europe has a lot of problems because, of course, we copy, we tend to copy the bad things from other countries and we copy the food from America, you know, hamburgers, pizza, uh, uh, sweets. Uh, a friend nutritionist was telling me right, right now they're teaching the French not to buy cookies because there are like 400 kinds on the shelves, but many of them have the stuff that, you know, Americans put in there, which is the fructose and the glucose, and that is total poison, you know. So there's a lot to to say about all that. But I think seasons have to be respected. And now, you know, with the local and the lack of food and the lack of products, and I, I hope people will understand that they they cannot have every day, you know, avocados coming from Peru and mango from India. And yes, it's good. And it's products that we didn't grow with and they're yummy, but they do a lot uh, against the environment. And so we have to try to 
find and like what we have locally. And there's plenty, you know, right now in America, you have all these wonderful sweet potatoes, you have cranberries. I mean, these are great antioxidant and great food that you can have two, three times a week, you know, with no guilt. Of course, I'm French. So, you know, potatoes, you, if you're French, you have potatoes almost every day, but not French fries, you know. So again, it's all in the cooking and the portions. And, you know, it seems like it's difficult to not eat a lot. But remember that, um, at least you should remember that when you want to eat more, is that because of our life today, which is basically sitting down most of the day, we, all of us, we eat between 10 and 30% more than what we really need. So that's the first thing. And then, then we have to think about um, how you eat. You know, if you gulp down a banana in three seconds, or do you sit down and peel it and eat a little bite after a little bite? I mean, your system is also not geared to, to gulping it down. Well, the faster you eat it, the more you'll be hungry and you'll want more. And of course, all these food companies have, and they know that they've done great marketing. They put the salt or the sugar in it to make you want more and more and more. So you have to use your brain before you decide what lifestyle you want to have. But I agree with you that it's complex and it's getting more complex now because we have so much in our rich countries that is available. And it's in a way, it's just not fair. You know, it's, it's something is not working. Something will have to happen. Yeah, no, because- it does. People make over 227 food and beverage decisions every day. So if you're yeah. constantly bombarded by hundreds oh. of things and, and I mean, everything that you do is very, there, there's, you know, simple seasonal seasonings, you know, this yeah. is not rocket science. And, and even if you don't adhere fully to it, the other thing about seasonal eating is that the produce is much more nutrient dense when it's, exactly. so when it's transported, when those berries are transported, um, the, you know, the poly nothing left, the very little left no. and not only yeah. the flavor, but, um, you know, so I think that concept as much as you can. Now I would never want somebody not to eat produce year round just because they're so fixated on the seasonality. But I think right. it's an important consideration, particularly, I certainly do it for strawberries and, and somewhat for tomatoes. Although, um, I don't cook with tomato. Well, I don't cook that much at all, but, um, so, so, uh, talk, uh, but the seasonings, let's talk a little bit about that. Cause you know, I'm so passionate about herbs and spices, you know, and I think, I do get intimidated by recipes. If it has 25 ingredients, I'm not even going to start. I mean, mm. like maybe 10 tops, but talk a little bit about how seasonings are layered into um, French cuisine and, and what, you know, your approach is. Well, you know, we, again, we use a lot of very inexpensive things and probably the most um, used herb in France <clears throat> is parsley. Mm. It's everywhere and it's very, very, very good for your health. And my husband has a joke that, you know, I don't eat like, um, <laughs> you know, people who put like three, three lumps of sugar in their espresso. We said they, they eat sugar with coffee. Uh, well, for me, it's like I, I eat, you know, fish, but I eat parsley with fish or vegetable fish, 
<laughs> vegetables with parsley because I put it all over. Basil is another thing if you live in Provence, thyme. Those are three herbs that are just phenomenal in terms of health. So, and they're fresh and you can put them. I have a little box outside in, in New York. And last night I made a little, you know, a scallopini and some carrots. And I put lots of parsley and basil on it. Now in about, if it freezes, obviously it's the end. But that's like a few months a year, you know, the rest of the year you can have it outside and use it every day. And spices, uh, spices is a little bit trickier because, you know, you don't know where they come from. You don't know how organic or not. I don't like to use the word, but I mean, it, it's a little bit trickier. But um, herbs and herbs are fabulous. You know, rosemary in Provence is used all the time. And uh, you should make great use of it because they're very good for you. Anything that's green anyway, uh, to start with. Yeah, no, I love that. And I love the idea of, of growing your own herbs. It's, I keep saying I'm going to do it. I bought the bin, but um, it is amazing. I mean, I've done, in my research, you know, too, with time, um, you know, yeah. actually directly helping brain function. It's yes. a very powerful um, you know, antioxidant and, and helps, you know, with blood flow to the brain. Rosemary, um, studies have yes. shown that if, if you cook, uh, do a marinade with rosemary and you cook meat at high temperature, it decreases the number of cancer causing compounds in yeah. the meat by up to 70%. So this is, uh, and this is, and it's simple. You don't have to do a lot to yeah. just add fresh herbs to your cooking. My mom, cooks more like you and she, you know, herbs are just such an essential part. It, nothing is super complicated, but it's no. unbelievably flavorful and, yes. uh, and, and pas trop difficile, not too difficult. So, um, mm. there I, I can't help but speak in French to you, but so and let's talk about you. I love it in the book. Uh, you, you talk about, you know, you have a whole chapter on champagne and bread and chocolate. <laughs> So yeah, I guess that's part of your everything in moderation. But I think the quality of the bread and chocolate in, in France, or, you know, there is a difference, right? Yes. Yes. And bread, well, actually, now in the U.S., I have to say, there's been a lot of progress made. And you can find quality breads. I mean, at least in the markets, you know, uh, there are buckwheat breads, there are rye breads, there are all kinds of very, very good bread for you. Uh, but the French just love bread. And um, yet they are decreasing eating it because the, the basic baguette is just not good flour, you know. But if you have a tradition baguette, it's good. And here the... the you know, people think that we eat croissant every day. We don't. It's it's one of those indulgences. You know, you have it on on the weekend, but during the week, I mean, a slice of bread with a meal. There's nothing wrong with it if you have good bread, because it's like a unit in your food uh, portions. You know, so if you prefer that over, I don't know, a, a big potato or you know, three potatoes, and you have two potatoes and piece of bread and it's fine. So again, you don't uh, you don't want to like 
make food your enemy. You know, you can have a little bread and ev even every day. And I know that I am an example of it. And I certainly, you know, don't consider that this is going to make me fat. No, and it doesn't. And I, I personally can vouch for how much bread you <laughs> ate when we had lunch with, I was like, wow, that's a, but, but I think that that brings us to, you know, our, well, I want to talk a little bit about chocolate, but I think one of the differences you, you know, there's a chapter on moving like a French woman. And you said, mm -hmm. even in New York, you, you walk, ride your bike. I mean, talk a little bit about what that means because. Well, you know, we go back to the three for, for what you, you say is, you know, exercise, which is not a word we like. We don't like to exercise. I do. I love it. <laughs> for me, I call it my, I don't have a car, but I call it my BMW, not autom automatically in that order. And my order is the reverse because I start with W, walk. I walk all my life between, you know, three and 20,000 steps a day. I don't count them, but I know. Uh, I love to walk. And that's really, you know, is the cheapest easiest exercise and and even if you can't go out i mean i can go up and down the stairs in my building you can walk around in your apartment but you've got to walk and walking is fantastic for your health your bones your joints everything and it pays off through life you know sometimes people say oh, how can you do it how can you at your age i said because i'm trained you know so w is a walk the M is really for, uh, well, meditation, and that includes yoga, which is also part of my life. And that also has incredible side effects that build your, I think it builds everything. And I always say to people, the best uh, comment I'm, I can make to you why I do yoga every day is that if I skip it, my day is different. I, I don't feel the same. And it's not worth it because that little session of yoga, even if it's 10 minutes, huge difference in my day. And then the B is for bike. Now, I bike in New York. I bike in France, in Provence, but not so much in Paris because Paris is rather dangerous with all the, the roads are weird and the bicycle lanes are crazy. And with a trottinette, it's but BMW. So find the three things you like to do. You don't have to do 10 sports, you know. You don't have to do an expensive sport. And of course, in the summer, I like to swim. So uh, that's also very good. And that's it. But I would say if you don't do anything and you want to do one thing, do the walk. Yeah, and no. that's the best. And that's the comments I've got for, you know, thousands of fans over the years. My 20-minute walk or twice a day, 10-minute walk has changed everything. Yes, and it keeps you in good shape. But don't also do what a lot of Americans and Anglophones do is like, okay, I exercise a lot so I can eat a lot. You know, that doesn't go together. You've got, again, to find, you know, know thyself and find your balance. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. And it, and again, it goes back to the fact that uh, of simplicity and not yes. to overcomplicate things. And I yes. think, you know, that increases the likelihood that you're going to stick with these habits, um, mm -hmm. you know, because 
they can't be a temporary thing. This is this is a lifestyle. I mean, um, no, you and know. you see how they make you feel good, so you 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 don't want to to stop them. Right. Some days I'm lazy, and I said, oh, maybe I skip yoga, and then I, I I I'm not pleased about it because I don't feel right. You know. Yeah. No, I think I think that's so important. Um, but so I want to move on. Um, wait, let's go back to the chocolate a little bit. So how, mm-hmm. how is it? Is the quality the most? What do you oh, tell us how you do chocolate? That's, that's fundamental because, you know, anything, some milk chocolates are okay, but you really have to read the label because in milk chocolate, there's a lot of sugar. And in the, what they call white chocolate, I won't even go there. White chocolate doesn't exist in a French head. It's dark chocolate and, you know, at least 70, 75%. And that's, that's proven that it's very good for you. It's a great antioxidant. It has fat, but it has the right fats. Right. So, you know, unless you eat like a, a whole tablet, you know, a slab, that's too much. But if you have a few squares, you know, the, the perfect French goûté is two squares of chocolate with a little piece of, of baguette tradition, the levain, you know, the yeast uh, baguette. And that's it. And it's, it's inexpensive and it's very good for you. Now, you know, I was talking to a French baker in New York the other day and he said, oh, I haven't seen you any, any, in a long time. You don't, you don't like your pain au chocolat? And I said, you know, your pain au chocolat are three times the size of a pain au chocolat in France. Why don't you make the little one that they make in hotel? You know, they call the mini. He said, you know, people here, they complain. They want a big one. And I'm saying, but, but this, is, this is huge. This is like a meal for, I don't know, for a worker in construction, you know. He said, well, you know, you can break it and eat it in, in, in two days. And I said, no, the pleasure, I want my pain au chocolat, you know, but it's too big. So you come back to the, the quantity, which is just not normal. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I- the food industry in America has really, really calmed the population. In People have that zero sense of portions. You should see the questions I get. They don't know that a portion is a, you know, a medium apple. Yeah, no, they want not, value. They not w- the pumpkin. Right. You know? <laughs> they, they want value. They think that getting more for the same price is yes. better. But yeah. Yeah. it's so funny when you say the two squares of chocolate and the piece of bread, you know, because as you know, I, I lived in France for quite a while when I was young, but... I remember that being such a lovely treat. I'm going to go back to it. Um, but so do you have any favorite uh, chocolatiers? Are there um, any that are at the top of your list that we can uh, look into? Well, you, unfortunately, you, you can't get them here. But uh, in France, we're very spoiled. I, I hate to tell you how many choc- chocolate shops there are in my neighborhood in Paris. It seems like they know that I live there and they want me to eat chocolate every five minutes. Maybe 20 of the best in France have a shop in, in where I live on, in the left bank. And that's a t- terrible temptation for me um, because they use the really the best and they have the, you know, they don't add anything. Actually, these chocolates, they only keep for like two, three weeks. Now, the one you buy at the supermarket, you can put, 
guess why, you know? And when you read the label, I, 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 that doesn't tempt me. I, I don't even want to eat them. So when I come back, I always bring like these slabs of chocolate. <laughs> and all my friends said, oh, can you bring me more? I said, well, you know, I can only bring so much. But yeah, you can find some good chocolates. I think in California, you have... Uh, quite a few good ones, you know, in, in San Francisco, L.A. I, I know when I was traveling there, I always find you have to look for local ones and local brands uh, that are really um, dedicated to quality. Because the big things, the big brands you buy in the supermarket, you know, iffy. Yeah, no. Okay. Well, I'll have to look more for fresh chocolates. That'll be on my other list of things to do. So, um, you know, you talk a lot about in the book too, it, it's, and I, when I think of, of French women, you know, the, the, fre and this is, it's, it's interesting because it's also associated with, you know, populations of longevity. Like you talk about friendship and, and connection with your partner and, and different things like that. So, you know, talk a little bit about how that, ties into kind of the French lifestyle, because I think that does have some interesting longevity benefits too, when we look at populations that live yeah, the yeah. longest. So tell us a well, little bit about that. Yeah, that's coming in the US, you know, they're slowly, but they're more and more cafe. The cafe is really the place where you start besides the family and the, you know, Sunday lunch and, and holidays. But the cafe is when you start what we call conviviality that is connecting to other people, to not only just your friends, but the staff in the cafe, the people who come by. And it creates um, a kind of, uh, although we are not so, so um, friendly as, you know, uh, as you Americans are at first, but we, we go for deep friendships and we do, we go for, uh, getting together. Like, let's say we go to the theater one night. After the theater, we go to a cafe and we talk about the play and we have a bite and everything we do is connected with sitting around and food and friends and curiosity. And I think even for uh, older people, that's an element that is really central to, to, to really living what I call, you know, in the moment is to be not to just, you know, say, oh, no, I only want to see people my age. And no, go, go and play with young kids, find a way to have contact with young kids, teach a class, do something, be, you know, volunteer for something, but be curious and be, and look at life or at every day uh, as, a, you know, something that's a marvel. Because every little things that we don't even pay attention to, uh, demands that we do. And I think that's uh, something I learned a lot in, in yoga is, you know, how to be mindful and how to, to do good things for friends, you know, to help friends in even small ways, you know. Uh, and that's a, fr a, a French characteristic, I think. It's kind, some call it generosity, conviviality, but it's a mix of an upbringing where, you know, you have your life, but your life, you know that you can't do it alone. And you want to have what we call a réseau, a network of people you can count on. You know, in Paris, I know that if anything happens, 
I can call, you know, three or four friends and they'll be there in a moment. I'm, I'm not sure I can do that here, you know. Thank God I'm my husband. But, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not that kind of um, connectivity, connection that goes past the family members. And I think we need, and I think globalization will help that, to, to really look beyond and be a little bit less selfish and less self-centered and, and see the benefits of, of what, what you learn and how fun it is and, and do all this with humor. You know, French, uh, probably the greatest and least understood trait of French uh, culture is derision. We don't, we seem to be, you know, arrogant and not friendly, but we don't take ourselves seriously. We laugh ourselves. Sometimes even my American friends say, how can you say that about yourself and, and believe it and laugh at it? I said, because it's true and it's okay. You know, it's the way I am. And you, you know, you see people get tense. No, have, have a way of looking at life that, that makes you laugh every day because, you know, don't sweat it. You know, don't be stressed by little things that are not worth it. Yeah, I think there, there's there's so many valuable lessons, but it's it's really interesting though, as I, as I listen to you, like, I just wonder, and, and again, this is where I think if people can take away small bits of information and inspiration mm -hmm. from this, I think that because, you know, it's funny when I think of cafes now in the United States, I think of everybody sitting in front of their computer yes. with headphones, not interacting at all, you know, just for the Wi-Fi. And I just, I, I think, you know, it, it, everything that you say you know, uh, makes, does make a difference. And I, I, I think I'm just wondering how, and again, this kind of ties into the podcast, like, which is, you know, mm -hmm. practically healthy. What, what are some practical as, as we wrap up a little bit, like, what are some practical ways that you think we as Americans could, you know, implement some of the things that you recommend that, that are really, you know, almost a hybrid of the two cultures because we're not going to become French. I, I, as much as I would love to be more like you, there's just, you know, you and I, we're the same, but different. I feel <laughs> like, you know, we've just manifested different uh, things, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of thinking to myself and maybe you've given advice to people. You've, this was, you know, your best-selling book, you've written several more best-selling books uh, along the same lines of, of French women. What are some practical tips that you can give to our listeners as we as we wrap up today? Well, I would say, you know, uh, it's it's a very good word. It's called lâcher prise. It's like it's like well, maybe the closest French uh, American way would be to say, "Don't sweat it." But I think we are a little bit easier on ourselves than you are. And I'm not, you know, don't misunderstand uh, what I've said so far. I don't think we are better than you or any other country. We're just different. And so we, we, we all have our strengths and weaknesses. But um, on the strength side, I would say that this, um, this balance in life is very, very uh, well structured and deep i think it and even if french people yes they're more and more stressed because we are like the rest of the world with all these you know 
technology and, and, and iPad and computer and working 24-7, we're all going crazy. But still, there is uh, a need, and, and I think the French really make an effort to separate, uh, not to separate, uh, you know, work and life, but I mean, to try to have a balanced one. And so they, they know when to say no more. They don't feel bad about it. They don't feel selfish about it. And they know that, you know, they have some um, strengths to gain from that. And that, that I think, is a good thing. Uh, the moderation is a very practical way of, of um, handling many things, whether it's with your food, but also with your exercise. You know, I've, I've taught people, oh, exercise. And the next thing I get is like a month later, this woman, you know, will write and say, oh, I'm doing like three hours in the gym every day. And, and I said, like, what do you do after three hours in the gym? Oh, I go to the downstairs, they have a cafe and I eat this muffin, which weighs about a half a pound and is filled with the wrong fat, the wrong sweets. And I said, look, this is, you don't need to do that. Do 20 minutes of walk. And, and, and don't even go to the gym and save that money for something else and buy yourself a good pastry. There are some good pastries around if that's what you want. See, that's the, so you can apply these things to everything, to work, to food, to exercise, to stress. Stress, you know, people, every, everybody is stressed. Like, well, you create your own stress. So sit down and try to find out three things that stress you. They are not the same for you, for me, or for her, or for them, but they are there. So try to deal with just that. You see, don't want to do, it's, it's going back to the peu à peu or petit à petit, you know, little by little or a, a small. You don't have to, you know, we don't, we're all going to, we all end up somewhere, right? So don't, don't stress yourself. Don't make it worse. Just try to deal with improving a little bit. The most important things, because big change, nobody can do big change, not Americans, not French, nobody. But you can make small changes, small improvement, small steps to, to connect, small deeds to help. You know, you don't have to, uh, oh, I don't have any money to give. I said, you don't need to give money. Maybe if you say hello and smile to the people in the elevator, you know, here in America, we live in a building. Nobody says hello. In French, you are going in an elevator, even if you are in an office building, you say hello. So, you know, just smile. Just that will, will, will do something to the other and to you. Yeah. It, it's always both ways, you know. I love it. And, I, I, you know, I think it has people may think that this isn't this, you know, isn't nutrition. It, it absolutely, it, it's lifestyle, it's lifestyle medicine. Yes. And I feel like the French understand that and, and managing your stress and, and connecting and even just smiling uh, studies have shown that, you know, it just smiling can make you feel happier. So I, I think, you know, there's so much wisdom and I could go on and on forever with you. I, and I, <laughs> I just, and I, we can dance and we can dance, dance. we Music can walk, we could, essential. I had, we can cook together. We could do so many wonderful things. Maybe in Provence next summer, we will. 
will. But I, I just, I, I'm so inspired by you on so many levels. I, I, I know I've told you that a million times, but I want to tell, I want it to be out there in the world that I just, I think you're, you're a treasure, uh, and I'm so blessed uh, to right. have you as a friend. So, where can people go to learn more about you, Mireille? Where, where, where can people find well, out they more? They can go. Uh, to my on my website because a lot of books have recipes you know that I did I did a cookbook to show sim- simple thing so the best way is to go to frenchwomandon'tgetfat.com and then you'll find any topic that's in any of the books so from work to to you know exercise to nutrition to lifestyle to cooking but do try to cook a little bit Yes, no, I will. And, 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 and by the way, we've, we've, maybe we'll shoot a cooking video next summer. If I come to Provence, oh, wow. we'll do it. We make ratatouille, uh, which is so easy. Perfect. It's a, and it's a summer. It'll be in season. And it's a so, summer. Yeah. Thank you okay. so much. I really appreciate it. This has been wonderful. And I hope the viewers are as enthralled with you as I am. But you've been listening to Practically Healthy by Dr. Melina, my guest, Mireille Giuliano, author of French Women Don't Get Fat and many other wonderful books. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe comments, questions, anything. I'm doing this podcast for you to bring such a wonderful wealth of wisdom and experience into practical tips that can help you live a healthier life. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next week.